Hey everybody, that's Reggie and I'm Brian, and this is R&B Talks. R&B Talks. <laughs> <laughs> and that came from nowhere. Um, so Reggie, how are you? <laughs> this is actually a reshoot, but we won't go back into why it was a reshoot. Um, yes, well, my testicles were about to fall out of my overalls. I don't know yes. how. But we was- had a, uh, you know, the, the notorious nip slip from the Super Bowl. Oh, man. Um, we had the male version. <laughs> I don't understand, dude. I still don't understand. Like, I, I, I don't either. When you sent me that photo, I was like, oh, holy crap. I was like, I just don't, I just didn't, you know, because I'm wearing overalls, right? How could you expect that to be so defined, you know? You could just, like, it was one of those, like, no, like, uh-uh. There was no doubt what we were looking at. Yeah. Like, like. This is the wrong audience. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. we can talk about our human frailties on this show. That's what's beautiful about it. I mean, it. to those who would listen to this. Yeah. Wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, but like for sure. But the few people that actually watched it on YouTube would be like, Whoa. And, and Reggie's <laughs> self-respect. <laughs> yeah. Woo. That was rough. That was rough. Uh, yeah, but oh. it was, that was funny. Um, <laughs> I, I, I spent a, there was a bunch of editing I had done already because I, I don't know. And then I, it just, it just, I didn't even notice it. And then once I did, I could not stop looking Dude, at it. Dude, when I saw it, I this is going to sound really weird to say out loud, but I couldn't look away. I was like, what is going on? Yeah, I know. And it was just, it, I thought maybe you just, you know, blip and then go, no, I just sat there. With and those, yeah. Like he had his leg position. like hiked up like this. I, I don't understand. As man. if he was like conscious, but I, not I, conscious I, of what I, was I, happening. I just don't, <laughs> I don't know. We will not be. Okay. We will yeah. not be broadcasting that episode. We will be shooting that no. episode. Um, all right. And we're also. Tonight, I'm going to uh, attempt to smoke my first cigar. Yes. Right. Now, I got Brian a couple of like just Macanudo and a Romeo Julieta, and it just they're they're not they're mild. Um, they're not you know they're like, very they're still handmade sticks. Yeah, I feel like this one is my better bet. Well, I mean, look for the first time. Yeah, that's they're both they're both small. Uh huh. Like that one just got a tube in it that yeah. makes it look bigger, but um. So, I have a V cutter. Um, okay. That's what I prefer. What 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 is a V cutter? Look, you're looking at a dude that has no we'll, we'll co- go, no knowledge. We'll go through it for the benefit of <laughs> okay. everybody here to to know the humor in yes trying Me to cacking up along. Yes, <laughs> I, I understand. So okay, the the end of the cigar okay is where you you got to nip it off. Okay, nip it, nip it. It's almost like if you were a Jewish and you were going to get circumcised. You got to think about that way. I dig it. But um, instead of this is called the shoulder, and that's really where the cigar like kind of wraps over towards the end. And if you clip too much of that off, it'll start unraveling the cigar. It kind of makes it kind of get weird. But if you get the right cut, it's good. Okay. Now there's different kind of cuts. There's punches and all this. We're not going to get into all this, but. I use a V cutter on most of the cigars. I just prefer. Okay. And, and what it does is, and of course, you can't see it in the thing here, but it makes a V ah, in the cut. Okay. Um, like that. All right. Instead of taking the whole shoulder off, I prefer that one. So well, that's what I got on me. So I prefer what, what you prefer. Indeed. 
So, um, there's different. Here's here's a here's an interesting cigar conundrum, or or I would say like um, topic that gets discussed and argued over. As I sip from the horn of a ram, indeed. Um, when to take the label off? Right. Okay. So so so. Um, some people there was a there was a it was more gentlemanly back. Um, in, in, in history to take the label off. So you wouldn't be a show off of your fancy cigar. If you had like, you know, and you, it was like a, it was like a gentlemanly thing to do to cut, to, to remove it. Mo- most of the, though today, like there's not really a s- gentlemanly way to, or whatever for the label. So it's all personal preference. What, and some of some of the labels, like they go wait, you know, they have like a couple different labels, so obviously you got to take those off when you do it. But anyway, so what? When I've heard like Fuente or some of the other uh, Fernandez or whatever talk about it, they usually say um, when you're when you're enjoying your cigar, when it gets down close to the label, the glue will be a little warmer at that point, and it's easier to take it off, or you can just slide it off, or whatever at that point. Um, without hurting anything. And that's usually what I do. I just kind of leave it on there until I get down, until it gets down to the point and then I'll take it off. And it, it's, it's much easier to take off at that point now okay. with, with modern stuff that, that sometimes these glues are, these, these labels are a bear to get off. So that's just a little cigar. Okay. Whoop, whoop well, most of the thing. time, like I feel like, like in the movies, when you see like the mobsters smoking the cigars, they never take the label off. Yeah. I mean, most of now that's also because some of the mobsters and stuff are like, gangsta but but they also smoke cigars that are like that big no, i mean it's, it's like it's a like a hog this leg. this is actually a presidente which is like a really it's an it's a really <laughs> it takes a long time for this one yes um, so so that's what I, I but i i love this one this is the um grand reserva with the maduro wrapper and it's one of my favorites but okay and i'm so, gonna i'm gonna go with the macanudo yeah i don't remember you know. handmade imported Macanudo. Yeah, now they actually I mean those are Macanudo was actually a Cuban cigar company, but we don't do Cuban cigars. So that's their and I forgot why they grow. I don't particularly know why they do this one. Okay. But um it's different. It has something on the label, but it's written so tiny. I know it's very tiny. That- so obviously when you there's nothing secret about this, you just un- unwrap, unwrap it. Unwrap it, right? Uh, uh, push out the cigar. Yeah. Without, you don't want to like manhandle that thing. But if you see that shoulder, right? Now you're going to do this because, I mean, it's part of it. Yeah. Um, this is like the high quality so you, work you put, here. Put the, obviously, you can figure that out. I suppose. Okay. So this, you just open it up. You just put the edge of the cigar against it. You don't have to press on it, right? Light pressure. Light pressure. Quick. And quick then snip. bam. Right. Now, okay. What I would do. Okay. Got it. It's just give it a little puff and make sure you can draw through the cigar. Seems good. Like when you draw into it. Seems good. Okay. Okay. Now, here's the deal. Don't okay. inhale this thing for one. Yeah, I don't want to vomit all over your carpet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, and uh, we're just being honest. I could not pass this because it looked like a lightsaber meets a phallic symbol. You know what that looks like, right? That looks like the most aggressive 
um, <laughs> flashlight in history. I, I know, and it, but it had a bottle opener on it. it. It actually even has a stand. You can even lock it and turn it on. And like, <laughs> what possibly could you <laughs> need a stand for? But I was like, that, I got to get it. It's just, okay. it's just so stupid huge. It was like, okay. Okay. Here's how I light my cigar. Got it. All right. Now, what 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 I want, what I like to do is I toast the end of it a little bit. All right, toast it. That's what I what I call it. But you're really just kind of warming up and and sort of lighting the end. But you're not you're not actually puffing on it yet. Okay. So what I do is I'll just take it, a little toasting, and go around the go around the edges a little bit just to, until it all looks like it's been burnt. Right. You see the little smoke. Okay. Got it. Once it's like that. Oh, this is hard to tell you. Maybe I'll pick the wrong lighter. See? Okay. Now, and then, then I'm just small puffs. Small puffs. You don't want to. Don't be like. Trying to go gangster on it the first time, right? I'll hold this. Okay. Here. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. So now I'll, it's I'll hold the lighter. All right. Hang on. You can move the mic. Moving dude. the mic. Moving the mic. Ready? Mm-hmm. Bad. Mike. Not bad. Don't feel like it's burning a lot. Do we have a different lighter or something a little easier? What about this guy? Well, this will be easier than that one. Okay. This That's looks a pipe like, lighter. That looks like a complicated lighter. It- Right on. Like, it's kind of, the flavor is actually not bad. Just as long as you don't inhale, you're just sucking in the the smoke. There you go. That's it. Not bad. Yeah. I figured it would have a much harsher taste, but it doesn't. It doesn't no, no, at no, all. no, no, no. Like they make cigars with some freaking harsh taste going on, but no, my air filter kicked on. And again, that's a light cigar. It's short. It won't last you that long. Nice. That's a handmade one though. It's not some junk. I got to say this nice little, little horn ale, little cigar in the night. This, I could get used to this. Why you got to get me hooked on things I don't want to do, man? Yes, you do. You want some stuff. You need some manly stuff. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. See? Very nice. Now I kind of understand. Like before, I was like, I don't understand. But now I kind of understand. <laughs> right? I kind of understand, man. Okay. I saw this Instagram post 
And it really reminded me, and it goes along with all our masculinity and man stuff we talk about, but I was going to look it up on my phone, but we're using the phone to record the episode. So that doesn't really work. I can look it up on my phone. What is it? I don't remember. Like I was saying, well, I that's saved not the, helpful. I sa- <laughs> well, earlier today, I, it happened to pop up and I saw it and I was, I saw, I saved it. And then for totally forgetting that I was going to actually record on the phone. Yeah. Cause I mean, we're right now we have both camp. We have the, uh, the, the big mamma jamma. And then I put the phone cause I just use whichever one comes out the best. Cause okay. since I'm not a videographer at all, this is kind of what I do. So anyway, uh, but I'll tell you what it is. And it was this guy and he was, he was talking about how, um, uh, his daughters, when they were, when they're going to get married and how the, the guy should come to him for his blessing. And why that still matters, right? So, obviously, with me having two daughters, it resonated with me in a great deal because of I, I, I actually was talking to my wife. I said, "Woe to the dude who, who doesn't who who doesn't get my blessing," <laughs> because I mean, really, look, it's like this. It's not that it's not that I like when my when my daughters are adults, they they're, they're going to be able to marry whoever they want, do whatever they want at that point. They grown ass. But, <laughs> but if my, if the dude wants any kind of like my blessing, my like, you know, kind of, yes, you can marry my daughter. He's going to have to have a very long conversation and I have to know this guy. Right. All right. So let me lay something on you. I'm a confession to make you ready. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So when I, which by the way, happy birthday, baby. I love you. My wife birthday today. Um, I screwed it up and here's why, how I screwed it up. I got all hyped up and went and bought an engagement ring and didn't make sure that her dad was going to be in town. So I set this whole thing up thinking I would have time because he'd be at home while well, I call the house to ask for him and he's on the road. So I have choices. I either call it. And scrap it, or I call him. So I immediately called him, and I apologized a hundred times. I was like, Ron, I didn't really want to do it this way. I'm very sorry. I did not know you were going to be on the road, but I would like to marry your daughter. And I felt like a total stooge for doing it that way. And I have felt like a total stooge for doing it that way for years. That's funny. Now, he gave me his permission. Ron has always been a good man and good to me. Um, But that's how it happened, man. I just was like... I screwed it up. Okay. My first marriage, I did not do that. I wanted to, but I don't think my, I don't even remember how that went down, to be honest. But that really doesn't matter. Well, that one's over, so you're good. <laughs> so, but I, I love to be harsh. But I, well, no, I loved her dad, man. I mean, um, he, he he's really. Don't I you just hate that. I, I, I I loved her family, man. They're 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 just they're genuine people that I really loved. Um, so, you know her like her her mom called me son until she died. Yeah. I mean, it was I was always her son. Yeah. Like as soon as she accepted me, and, and you know it was funny. She told my friend, "Look, he's already my. I've already accepted him as my son. He's that's that's all there is to it." And he and he. So anyway, I I always I called her. Not as often as I should, but I did. We did speak a lot, and I'd I'd make sure she knew what was up and all this stuff. But anyway, anyway, I digress. My my second wife though 
when I met her, um, I did. I, I made sure I, I got a hold of her dad, and I was like, "Hey, let's talk. When do you when do you want to be around or whatever?" And uh, so then we we just and then we did. We had a actually I think we had a cigar. How did that go? I would like to know, like sincerely. Well, like, see, how did that at, go? Because at that point in my life, like I'm pretty, I'm a pretty confident individual. I'm already, yeah. a, a, I'm a man. I've been acting like one, you know. Yeah. Been, so there was not, on straight. yeah, there wasn't any like fear or anxiety. Really, it was just like, hey, um, just let you know, I want to marry your daughter. I'm just making sure that you're cool with it because I knew he was, <laughs> right? And fair enough. I, I, I we'd already from all the conversations and stuff i mean we were cool like i already could figure that out okay so there wasn't any it was just like hey um i'm gonna would like to marry i, I know you probably know this already but i'd like to marry your daughter he's like yeah i figured as much <laughs> it's okay that can was I, it can it i wasn't, can i confess something yeah the first time you introduced me to julie i knew you were getting married the first time you introduced me to her I even remember that day. You brought her to church. You and I were sitting at the table. You were like, we've been dating. I think you said like you've been dating for like a month. And the way you were talking about her, I was like, he's getting married. It was so different, man. It was just, it was completely different experience than previous. And, and like her, the way she handled everything was so much. It was just, it was a nine day difference. And it still is. It's just, I got, I got the right one this time. But anyway, so so oh, <laughs> getting back to this, the, the my daughters are important enough that who they marry is important, right? So yeah, for and, sure. So not only do does the guy that wants to marry my daughter needs to know how important she is to me, yeah, but also what kind of man I am that has raised her in my own marriage and everything else too. So there's questions that like, he probably will ne like people probably have openly never asked him that I would ask. Oh, him. Yeah. It'd be like, you know, how many girls have you been with um, <laughs> both romantically and sexually? Like, um, do you, do you engage in pornographic material? How often, you know, like what's your, what do you, What's your role? What do you, what do you feel like your role is going to be in, in a marriage and what the, it'd be? There's a lot of things that would have to, you know, that'd be discussed that he probably, well, he may have, if he has a dad, like, you know, whatever that, that I would say, but that, I mean, you know, we'd have a long conversation about stuff. Well, being on the flip side, raising boys, I found myself in a situation that I didn't think I would be in, in the sense that information that I wanted to have. And it's funny that you brought this up. My son, my oldest boy, has a girlfriend. She is a wonderful girl. Kind, sweet, polite. But when I found out that he had a girlfriend, I wanted to meet her. Like, we wanted to invite her over, sit down, have a talk with her. I met her dad, you know. Um, and that same thing is important to me. But I think it's for a different reason. I think it reflects the values with which I've raised my sons mm -hmm. as to what type of woman they choose, right? Yes. And Caleb has chosen this really kind, generous, lovely girl. Um, I hope that that is the type of girl, whether they are together forever, it's a high school thing, I'm not sure. Yeah. Or whether that's, but I want to make sure that 
he has standards for the woman that he's with, right? You need to have standards for what you expect from a wife. And I don't mean expect as in you're some kind of indentured servant, but just like a woman gets to have expectations of a husband, I think a husband gets to have the same types of expectations for his side, right? So it's very weird that you brought that up because, I mean, we we were literally like, we need to meet her. We need to sit down. We want to have her over. We want to talk with her, right? So the way I, I told my The way me and my wife has talked about guy-girl relationships when our kids are old enough is that they don't need to be girlfriend, boyfriend, all that stuff. That's really a terminology and stipulations and comes with stigmas and expectations that we feel are not aligned with what we how we view the world. Now, whether or not that's going to stick, we don't know. But the the point being is that and this is even the way I was I, I, when I started dating after my first wife. This is how I approached it. We're we are getting to know each other. Yeah, we're nothing. You're you're friend. You're you're you're, and, an, you're you're honestly you're you're a you're an interesting acquaintance at that point. I am trying to see if you are going to work with my idea of what a partner is. You should be looking at me the same way. Physical stuff doesn't need to be there. For sure. That For sure. And even this is after being married and all that stuff. I still had the same, this concept, right? So it was really, so I mean, like really that's the way we kind of wanted. And I actually told my uh, stepson the same thing. Like you don't need to have girlfriends, dude. Yeah. You don't need that stipulate. You don't need that stigma. Like you're you the you're not looking for a, a, a short term thing. You should be looking eventually for who your wife is going to be when you're ready for that. Until then, get to know girls, how they work, how you talk to them, how that all is. But leave the physical stuff until you find your wife. Well, that goes back to the old thing where I don't listen to what people say. I watch what they do. Um, you know, I can say anything, Reggie. I'm the king of Spain. I know. Whoa. Uh, but do I do what a king of Spain does? Do I, you know, the thing about it is, is, you know, I think it's more important to kind of sit back, you know, ask questions, you know, be interested, have conversations. But a lot of it will, a lot of what you want to know will come in their responses. Like, how do they respond to? And I'm, one that doesn't mind asking hard questions, right? Like, uh, if if it's if you think that there's at all potential for us in a relationship, you're gonna be okay with me asking some difficult questions. Well, yeah, right? I mean, if that's if that's part of who you are, and that's like you know your personality and your character leads you to ask difficult questions that you you feel like need to be addressed, and the other person, male or female, says is uncomfortable with those kind of questions and doesn't want to answer them, then there's something wrong. That's probably not going to work out because if during your marriage, here's the thing, you're going to have a lot of tough conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the way you handle those is important, but anyway, it was just like a, another, another tidbit about, you know, the, the whole idea of like how marriage is different when you think about it as a, when you, I should say this, dating is not the same or even existing. Well, I'm sorry, but I feel like when you get out of middle school, you leave the whole boyfriend girlfriend thing behind, right? Like, well, yeah, but like they still, like I still, we still have friends today, dude. That call them, they, oh, I have a girlfriend. Yeah. Why? 
Why do you have a girl? Do you have a girl that's your friend? <laughs> I would hope she's your friend if you guys are intimate on any level. And I don't mean sex. I mean, just intimate as in your your conversations and the things that you talk about. Because that's another thing that kind of kicks me, man, is this goes back to when we talked about intimacy. There's intimate conversations you can have that have nothing to do with sex or any of that stuff where those conversations are leading you down a path of maybe this is that person, right? Yeah. Because I think once you get past the the beginning BS and you get to, well, this is how I feel. This is how I feel like we're doing, right? And you start getting into deeper conversations, then you're entering into a whole different territory. And I don't think girlfriend or boyfriend applies at that point, right? Yeah. I mean, But I, I just think the whole stigma of dating is wrong, the way our culture handles that. It's, oh, it's the second date. This is what you should be doing. It's the fourth date. This is what you should yeah. Bullshit. Anyway, but- Oof. I don't know what it's going to be like because I mean my daughter's got a while before they're into that realm. You know that um, whatever guy does something wrong has really got problems because after you're done killing him, I'm going to come kill him too. Man, it's like like he's going to get double killed. How do you get double killed? We don't know, but we're going to figure it out. But I think my (laughs) my daughters though the way the way they the way they seem right. Yes, I think they'll be able to take care of themselves because that's. I'm just saying they're pretty. Man, especially against each other. Like, if someone were to hurt one of the like the two to the two sisters, if one hurts one sister, that other one, holy cow! There's going to be like scorched earth happen, right? Yeah, but I don't, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, look, there's there's, I, I am. So the difficult part about my like raising my daughters, right? Yeah, is that I I, I it's hard. I have to like, and it's taking so long, and I'm still working on it to like tame my response down because <laughs> they're emotional and like even at little girls they're like really emotional and you have to like <laughs> you i if they were boys i would be like a lot tougher so i've had to like soften that up quite a bit you know and, and what what's challenging though is to be a disciplinarian and make sure they know what's right and wrong, but also that it doesn't, I'm not so strict or restricted that they feel like they can talk to me about anything. You yeah. know what I mean? That's, that's the tough part for me. Um, for me, the way I've communicated it to the boys is simply this. Um, and I don't know if maybe it's different, but for the boys, look, you can hide the facts and I'm going to find them. And that's going to make the conversation so much harder. Or you can just stand up and be like, hey, man, I screwed up. And here's what happened. Is there going to be consequences? Sure. Are they going to be half as tremendous (laughs) and effective as I'm going to make them if you lie? Or if you don't tell me the truth? No. Right. Right. Honesty I would rather you just straight up look at me and go, dad, I boned it and I, I'm in trouble and I need some help. Okay. At that point, I'm, I'm going to call you a ding dong. I'm going to tell you what you did wrong. I'm going to try to figure out how not to do it again, but I'm also going to be your father and help you. Right. Like in any way I know how. Um, right. But I also think that part of that comes from this just ridiculous society that we live in with this 
we can make our own reality thing, right? I think a lot of people don't even know what the difference between a lie and the truth is anymore. <laughs> On that note, too, somebody asked me today that, um, and it actually was a it was a a guy I ran into when I was traveling, and we just got got to know each other for a while, and uh, I was on business or whatever, and he's another consultant for another um, company, and we just got to I befriended him on Facebook. We chat back and forth every once in a while. He's a good, pretty good guy. Lives in Texas, I believe. But he asked the question. He said on Facebook, he said, okay. "Do you believe in a higher power?" Uh, yeah. And he put in the co- first comment was, "Don't comment here. DM me." Um, and I was like, "Why would you ask such a question?" So I'm like, "All right, look, this guy doesn't know me very well. I don't know him very well. I'm gonna respond." <laughs> so. Um, I had to respond. I go, okay. What do you mean by a higher power? For one, like, can you? I need clarification on yeah, what you're talking you ain't about. Talking about like the Hailbop comet, are you? <laughs> and then, what? What is your motivation for wanting to know this? Like, are you, what's the? What are you trying to do? So he answered. He's like, Nah, I'm just trying to see. I have a lot of friends on here that have different perspectives, and I'm just trying to see who just just seeing who's who. And uh, I said, okay. And, and he said, higher power is in like, you know, God or ultimate being kind of thing. And then I said, well, do you, I, I, I ask this every time. Do you really want me to tell you what, as I'm warning you, it will not come unfiltered. Or I'm, it's, I'm sorry, not to come with a filter. It's going to be full bore what i if you really want to know that, I don't, I don't do okay. it any other way. Well, why is, I got a question. Why is that, that I appreciate so much about you that whatever I get from you is going to be in its rawest form? Like I don't get, I talk to so many people and I know what they're wanting to say, <laughs> but they have, they spend so much time just trying to create some kind of polite, division of how it's supposed to be said so they don't look one way or the other just say it right just say you suck just say i don't believe that just say i think you're crazy right well, like i you, you gotta i i, I disengaged from social media commenting section for a long time stuff very long time i did i engaged for a long time and tried that <laughs> I used to laugh at the stuff you would put up because I was like, I could, because I could hear your voice when you saying, it. I know, but what's funny is though about Facebook. Okay. Let me sidetrack here. What was funny about like when Facebook came about and I, I was actually saying stuff or, or saying something, people that knew me in person would act like it's something I would never say. And, I, and there was more than a few, actually all the time I would say, you know me. Like, this is exactly what I would say to you. Like, this is not any different. But all of a sudden, now that it's on social media, it's a, I'm I'm a hateful bigot. Like, we've had this conversation in person before. Yeah, we've talked about this. And all of a sudden, now because it's on the internet that it's a, it's different? No. Keyboard warriors, bro. Keyboard warriors. Uh, but anyway, so this, uh, this guy, I just flat out told him, I was like, well, Here's the deal. I study Christian apologetics at Liberty University. Therefore, 
that should tell you that I am not only a Christian. Ah, Christian. Ah, Christian. No, that should tell you that not only do I know who God is, but that I fiercely defend the God of the biblical text for the Christian faith. Right on. (laughs) Right on. (laughs) And he goes, that's excellent. Thank you. Do you have anything you you want to share? That's like one of the more intelligent ways people have told me. Do you have anything more? I said, buddy, I can give you as much as you want. I don't have a lot of time though, so just to answer me real quick, I'll just tell you this, and I just laid some stuff out about the why the basics of how why I think the biblical text is true, and because uh, everything centers around Jesus. If Jesus is true, then the whole whole text is true. And he's like, dude, this is amazing. I can't believe this is, this is. But that's over a DMs, right? You couldn't have that conversation in public forum. But anyway, I, I guess I'm going back to the Facebook thing. Hang on. Why not? I don't know. This is this is the thing. Like, you you should be able to do that. But you got so many trolls and so many people get in the way, I think, that, that it just, everything gets muddled with, yeah. a f- with I hear you. feelings and all this stuff. I hear you. It's very, well, it's like the guy that responded on our page. Because he got an ad. Because he got an ad. Uh, apparently, dude, you don't know how Facebook algorithms work. Um, apparently, at one point or another, you typed in religion, talk show, one of the attachable phrases in our page, and it dumped an ad to you. you, you act like, he acted like we stalked him. Like, dude, I don't know you. From, you saw my response. I don't know you from Adam, dude. I don't know who you are. Don't pray for me. Dude, you can't tell me to do that. I'm my own man. I'll pray for whoever I want. It's too bad. I already did. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> right. But, you know, it kind of it kind of worries me, too. And and here's another thing. I th- I feel like I don't feel like having the conversation is difficult in the sense of but maybe this is just me. I don't have a problem talking to people about what I believe. I just don't. I never have. I don't know why. Thank God he blessed me with whatever it is that is within me that does not stop me from having that conversation. You can think I'm crazy. You can think I'm sane. I don't care. We're gonna. If you ask me a question, I'm going to answer it. I think there's so many different denominations and I'll call them sects of Christianity that have cropped up that they're kind of afraid of what you're going to say. Well, that's the thing too. The ch- I mean, like the church is okay. It go- okay. It goes to this, like the, the human humans are faulty. We were just, we're, we're imperfect. We make all kinds of mistakes all the time. So anything we create, even if that's to worship and perfect omniscient, omnipresent being, it's going to be imperfect. So our churches are imperfect. They're not. They're not perfect. Of anything, course they are. Because they're run by humans. Of course they are. So I mean, look, it's inherent that it's going to be all. <laughs> it's just the way it is. But there's no reason why we get. Well, okay. You're coming from a guy who gets stuck on a lot of things sometimes with churches. Yeah. You know, and it, it's tough because you like you. It, it's. I guess for me, it's so important that those little things are like. I, like it, it's just like a big sore to me. It just pops out, and it's like, oh, whoa, because it's that important, you know. You know what else is that important, Reggie? 
Oh, I know what you're gonna say. A word from our sponsor. Oh god, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that was horrible. Okay. Let's get a word. Take it away. Are you a small business or solo entrepreneur looking for more of a presence online? Technology is ever-changing, and with more and more people spending most of their time on screens, it's important to have your brand out and about, getting the most exposure possible. Worried about not having a big budget for website design or social media? At Edwards Managed Technology Computer Consulting, we cater to every business or solar entrepreneur's individual needs to come up with a plan that works for your product and your wallet. Interested in learning about how we can manage your online presence so that you can spend your time doing what you love to do instead? Visit www.emtcc.net to make an appointment or give us a call at 1-888-551-2770. Mention R&B Talks for 10% off your appointment. Remote and on-site options available. Okay, we're back. Um, so, speaking of topics, got some headlines, Reg. Reg, what what you got, man? What you got, Reginald? Well, Tell me what's happening. Let me let me do this, okay? Because we we don't do this very often. So I have. Let me pull up. Well, never mind. I guess that's not even working. My news. The the news 360 app I had now says, oops, try again. Okay, well, let's just do the Apple news. Let's see if we have anything here. The <clears throat> one, the one thing is like, you know, the Vivek. The uh, Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy, which was yeah. like, I really lo- liked him a lot, has, has um, bowed out. Supported Trump. I think DeSantis bowed out. DeSantis bowed out now. So we have um, Nikki Haley and Trump. That's it. But I thought, didn't Nikki already, didn't she lose the primary? In she the lost year? two. And, but she's, so the last thing in? I heard is she was going to stay in through her home state. Which, I mean, at this point, you're, you're so far behind in every state. Um, And she's done some dumb cough moves over the last couple of weeks. She pulled the race card. Which she has been absolutely battered for. Why would okay, never. I just well, oh, it's always the, all right. So come on, give me. Let's a break. be clear. Nikki's Middle Eastern. Her family's Middle Eastern. I don't care. Instead of <laughs> uh, here's what I think. Here's what got her. She referred to herself as the brown girl. And I think she did that because she went. She was trying to get move herself into the place of being sympathetic to the black vote. All she did was insult a whole bunch of black people. (laughs) That's all she did, man. There was nothing about what she said that was sympathetic or empathetic or, and then she told some long story about losing a beauty pageant when she's like four because she was brown and they didn't have a category. And I was like, wait a minute, they had black children and white children, but they didn't have a place for you. The whole thing was suspect, right? It is, it's always suspect when it comes to nonsense. That's just idiotic. Well, okay. Yeah. So Apple News here. I don't have News Plus, so I don't know if that makes okay. any difference or not. But just looking at the front thing, I never opened this, but I think that's the first time I've opened it. So um, first thing on the top here is the Trump and Biden state general election has begun. Haley disagrees. So that's what we were just talking about. That's from the Wall Street Journal. So I guess they're, they're what we just were talking about, Haley He's still being in it. Um, 
Reuters, UAW endorses Biden, says Trump stands against everything we stand for. Mm. Okay, okay, now look, this is interesting. Um, yep. UAW, in case you don't know, is it, it, I don't know if it's the largest union organization, but it's one of the one of the largest, right? Yep. Um, the money that is involved in UAW is tremendous, and I I don't have the 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 statistics here or the the actual like uh, reference to like say anything, but the United Auto Workers like is neck deep into lobbying and stuff with the democratic party and have been for a long time. And think if you think about a union, what they, what they do anyway, is they are, they're restrictive and um, they, they seek to pull money from a mass of people into a central location to use for what purposes they see fit. Right. So it's, it's kind of like they're all they're They're a, they act like, a little government over these people. Okay. Now they say they're for the people and you'll get people that are hot about the union. Either they're really for a union or they're really against the union. I'm, I'm neither. I'm just saying that at, at the case for the UAW, I know that the dues for the UAW are pretty, and they do go and lobby for some things for the employees. Mm-hmm. But I do know that as I've, I've had uh seven, six, let's see. Let me think about this. Six, Close family members who have worked for a UAW for a long time and retired from there. And they'll all tell you the same thing. Like, you know, you, if the, if a company guy says, Hey, can you do this for me? If it's not directly attached to your, what you're supposed to do, you can actually cuss at him and tell him no and walk on and doesn't matter. Even if you're just standing there and it's just weird how some of the stuff that goes on with the union stuff, right? But, and then, and then at the end of the day, the union's going out and trying to get people like all this money per hour and all these benefits and stuff. But then the companies, then you got company CEOs and stuff that are making a fortune. It like doesn't solve anything, I guess, is where I'm at. Right. Well, if you look at the financial way that unions are put together, they're put together just like a corporation. The head of the union makes a crap ton of money. Regardless of how much he gets for his workers, he outpaces his workers by 100 times yet is the first one to holler about not making enough money. I think a great example would be Ford. You know, the new head of the union at Ford making umpteen gujillion dollars. President yeah. Sean Fain. Yeah. So, I mean, it's 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 built just like a corporation, right? So, and, and let's be clear. I feel like unions have almost served their purpose. Because most unions nowadays don't protect your employment. It used to be that if you were a union, that it was very hard, difficult to be let go from a job. Well, now I find that, it, you know, from what I hear and talk to people who have been in unions and have lost jobs, they just were out. Well, I think we could, We I don't want to talk about, because I have, I don't have any, I've done, I, I don't have any research like right in front of me about unions. We should probably yeah. do that at some point to have yeah. like a discussion about unions. I would unions. like to. Yeah. yeah, that'd be, that'd be an interesting topic. Yeah. Um, Ohio lawmakers banned gender affirming care for minors overriding governor's veto. Do it. Do it. Good for them. Good for them. So the governor vetoed that and then the, the lawmakers kind of vetoed the governor. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. When you're a douche and you do something stupid like that, guess what? 
Uh, is there anything in here that's worth talking about else? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't ever use this app. That's my problem. Oh, oh uh, one, one thing, uh, speaking of like unions and all this stuff, business one-on-one. That's what I'm taking this eight weeks. Yeah, I know. You seem disenchanted. Well, it's one of those courses where you like it. You don't. It, you, so the first, the first week was like, what is revenue? What is a stakeholder? What is profit? You know, <laughs> and oh, oh, so it is. It's it, uh, all right. So tell uh, me what you defined profit as. The, it's actually what's on top of the cost of materials and labor. So basically the remaining amount of money after all overhead is covered. Profit, profit, profit. Okay. So a lot of people don't understand this though. There's risk and in, in profit, profit and risk. They're both tied together. Kind of. Usually the more risky something is, the more profit you come out of it. Okay. So like and and that comes from like it, it, it is this is a very perspective subjective thing so if you have a small business where their annual revenue is like 100k them spending like 10k is a that's a lot right on yeah. something on a yeah. new a new machine or whatever yeah and so that's a risk they're risking that 10k for something so that that should garner a bigger profit because of the risk they're taking that increases productivity or does something right. But when you, when in my circle of corporate loveliness, you're talking transactions that can get up into the billions of dollars when you talk about acquisitions. Okay. So, so for instance, open text, the company I work for acquired micro focus a few, uh, a couple years ago for $6 billion, Right. Six billion dollars. Billion. Okay. And you might say, well, that's a lot of money. It it is. I mean, even for a a company that like mine, who's substantial, but that's still when, when your revenue is okay. So pre acquisition, we reported 3.5 billion in revenue, you know? So, I mean, it's, you're talking a couple years of revenue for a company like that. If that garners you another, even even if that, if your revenue doesn't have to go up six billion in a year, it goes up a billion in a year. Yeah, you're you're still you're doing good, right? Yeah, and it's you know so, I guess the pers- people have to understand perspective here. It's like when when we talk about Donald Trump and like how he sees the world. Yeah, it's way different than what you do, you know. Yeah, like it. This uh, the business world. Is, has so many zeros on it when you get up to a certain level. It's amazing just how little like 10,000 bucks is, you yeah, know, for sure. But for a normal person, 10 K is quite a bit, you yeah. know? So I, I don't know perspective. I guess I'm just saying it's a, it's a reminder of a difference in perspective. Well, here's, you know, a couple of headlines that I caught. Okay. Let's hear it. All right. So this one's been a, Bug in my crawl. I guess you know that the Biden administration sued Texas to cut down razor wire off the border. Oh, I did see that. Okay. Yep. 
So Abbott declared Texas has the right to self-defense from migrant invasion amid feud with Biden administration. I believe that our federal government far overreached by suing a state government. We set another precedent by doing that. Oh, I don't like what you're doing, so we'll just sue you and put all the federal government's money against your state's money, and we'll win because we'll tie you up so tight, right? I feel like... (sighs) If you want to put Constantine Wire on the border to protect your state and you're the governor and you're in charge and you feel like that's the right move, I feel like you should be allowed to do so to protect the, your state, especially if you, you're a borderline state to an invading country. Because essentially that's what Mexico is at this point, is an invading country. They're they're pouring over hundreds of thousands at a time. Migrant caravans are coming across in record numbers. Dude, you got to do something, right? Like. You can't just kick the wall, kick the door open and say, come on in, right? The water's fine. Um, well, okay. And, and it's it's just numbers. Yeah. It, it, there's math that's real here that can define the problem that what really is. We can only handle so many immigrants a year. Yeah. The country's only only going to be able to sustain a certain number of immigrants. It's yeah. not we don't have limitless resources. Yeah, and then we do not. So, so there there is there is it's it, it's it's easy. It's not it's math. People do this math. It's like it's all out there. Uh, what was that? Numbers dot org or something like yeah. that does that right? Yeah. Um. It, it's I, I think it gets to the it's like everything else. Like I I feel bad for people in like countries and stuff that are getting just you know, um, tyrannical and they're, they're oppressed or whatever. I, I do. I mean, man, that's, that sucks. But you know what? We were once that way too. I mean, you know, we, it's not like we just came to America and said, and didn't do anything. I mean, we fought for our freedom. I mean, we had to stand up and say that's enough's enough. And we went after it. Yeah. You know that's kind of what makes the American story the way it is. And, yeah, I mean, you know, so so. And look, um, I'm not saying don't come across. If you do things legally, and you go through the right channels, and you get your citizenship, and you do all the things that are required to do, welcome, but, bro. But welcome. What I think the focus you know? has to be on revising the the immigrant process, yeah, immigration sure. part. Yeah, immigrant. well, absolutely. It is, but, that that should be the focus, right? I mean, I wouldn't bat an eye spending some money on tax that we have because we spent stop sending it over to the Ukrainians for one, yeah. And let's put it into like how we can we how can we pr- be efficient in our immigration, yeah. Right. That, Absolutely. That, that's far more useful to the country. Yeah. You know. Or hey, of- I got an idea. Come up with, if you really want to get more people across faster, come up with programs that make the system more efficient, right? If that's what you want to do, that's fine. Like, instead of dumping all this money into lawyers and attorneys to represent people that aren't going to show up for court anyway, they said, what, a whopping 8% show up for court for that hearing when they cross and get the attorney. So we're burning money on these attorneys. Instead of paying for these attorneys, take that money and invest it into the system and make it a more a more effective system. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um 
Okay, so another one. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Major Cornell donor pulls funding over Toxic's DEI culture, pens letter calling for President's resignation. John A. Linseth said DEI has led to the moral rot at the university and dishonors the principles of free speech. There is a serious blowback coming right now. And it and and if you're you're looking at it when when the bastions of free speech begin to lose the people that support them over their over their absolute need for diversity, equity, and inclusion, and their absolute reaction to anything they disagree with being, you know, you know, violent speech or hate violent speech. You're, are, how much are you willing to sacrifice? I mean, there's some of these donors for these Ivy League colleges were, were donating millions a year to your school. Yeah. How many of you are willing to destroy the, the university you're at for your psychotic opinion of what free speech is? I mean, look, you, you, you're, I, I don't, I, I have never understood how these, 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 as you say, bastions of education, who used to be the places you could go to for knowledge without, I guess, without without hindrance. It didn't matter. It was a place for knowledge. They stood for, we're educating all people, that kind of thing. And yeah, you all, in the past, we've had some educational, whatever, you know what I mean? But you, you, as soon as you start restricting things yep. at the, I'm talking university collegiate level, you can't say this, you can't use this word, this, 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 this. You're talking about the actual things people are saying, and, and because you're, and then you're even going as far as saying it's violent. You're you're way off base, and you're restricting. You're you're no, it's mm, it fires me up. Now, do 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 I think? People deserve a shot. Yes. Um, sure. But also I'm a proponent of a wicked free market that is way more than way less regulated than what it is right now. Even in education. Like I I don't look if an ed, if a, a college said, you know what, we only want to cater to uh Chinese people. That's who we're going to admit into our school. Um, that's it. I really, I don't care. Someone said, we, we only want to do women. Only women. It says only women college. All right. I don't care. Like, you know, I mean, it's, I, I think we're at this day and age. It, it, I just don't see where this is a just a problem. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't care. Do you know how many people say things every day that I disagree with? And I just, I'm mature enough to understand and know how to control my thought process in that situation and my reaction. Unfortunately, a lot of people aren't Reggie. I love that one. Those one, the, the diversity inclusive initiatives or whatever. And then, and they're, and they're like, well, you can't, you, if you don't use the proper pronoun, you're in violation and can be expelled or and all this stuff. They're like, there's really heavy consequences to this stuff. Yeah. Right. For sure. Are in your so, and then the 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 line of questions I would have is like, so what does that mean for me? 
If someone comes up, dude, is the first question I have to ask every single person, new do I meet, what, instead of anything else I say, I have to say, excuse me, what is your preferred pronoun? If you- no one uses your pronouns. I, the first question I'm going to ask you is your name. What's your name? My name is Bob. Okay, Bob, how are you doing? No, but if you even had manners. Hello, sir. Hello, ma'am. Which is, I, 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 it boggles my mind why that would be considered, you At know. all diversive, divisive. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no. It's, it's, it's just silly, dude. Okay, so next one. <laughs> and this is Asheville, North Carolina, by the way. The most, one of the most far left-leaning cities I've ever been to. North Carolina City spent millions on electric buses that don't run. Three out of the five electric buses that Asheville bought in 2018, spending in excess of millions of dollars, are sitting idle due to the city's inability to pay for repairs. So who thought that out? Okay, here's what this here's what I look at that as an example of. Like we government does not run things well. Like name one entity that the government runs well, that doesn't overspend, that is efficient and productive. Name one. You can't, you're not going to find one. The VA, horrible. Department of Transportation, horrible. Even the military, horrible. You got way overspending. It's not efficient. Now they produce a high effective product, but it takes so much to do it. So they're, that's why I'm saying it's way, way inefficient there. You know, the, like, here's another one in Indiana, the department of motor vehicles. Holy cow. Oh, what a, what a waste, right? What a giant pain. So I'm all, I'm just, I'm just so far to the libertarian side when it comes to like government run stuff. It's, it's insane. You know, and you say, well, and I love the question of like, what about the roads? What do you mean? What about the roads? Did you think roads didn't exist before the Department of Transportation? Rome built roads. Yeah. I mean, come on now. We're talking thousands of years. We've been building roads. You think it's not going to get done because the government doesn't do it? No, no. (laughs) Anyway, I digress. Other question. Yeah. How many times do I have to pay taxes on my car? Yeah, apparently a bunch. For the rest of my life, right? I pay taxes when I bought it. Yep. And then you want me to pay taxes to drive it every year. And then you want me to pay tags and registration. And like, you know, I hate to say this because it's a dangerous thing for me to say. But I kind of understand why some people are upset in the sense that, dude, why would I want to drive? What's look at all the ridiculous, unnecessary financial responsibilities that are heaped on me as a driver because our states are irresponsible with their money. Look at the bridge tolls here. Oh, so pathetic. What they say, we're going to put tolls in until we pay for the bridge. Yep. Bridge has been paid for. What's happening? Our tolls. Are going up. Are still increasing. They've gone up. (laughs) 
Reggie. <laughs> They've gone up. Yeah. So so what? How so, did how that work out for? Everybody? So how did that work out? Right. Yeah. Right. Like, and here's something else. We're in Indiana. Indiana finished in the black last year. Yet, our 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 neighbor to the darker side, Kentucky. There's not enough red ink, bro. No, it's just not enough. No, I mean Indiana. Look, I'll I'll give Indiana this. They they are fiscally they've been really. Not that they don't do some stupid things, but like <laughs> we actually do pretty well as far as our revenue versus out you know spending and stuff. We're we're kind of we're really good about that. Harrison County's is good good about that. But yeah, it's 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 funny, man. I, I don't I don't know. It's just it's cracks me up, dude. Anyway, so those are our headlines, Reg. Dig it, man. They make me a little sad, honestly. Yeah, well, you know, they make me a little sad. My first cigar, not bad. Is it something I would do every day? No. Is it something that I will do more? Probably. <laughs> so, as usual, like, comment, don't like, argue, chip, chap, whatever you got to do. Ignore us. Yeah. I feel like most people do most times, but that's okay. Yeah. That's what, or be brave and don't ignore us and engage. Mm. Challenge. All right, then. I'm Reggie. I'm Brian. It's RB Talks. See ya. See ya.